Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Here we go. Hour two of the show. We've got lots of LSU baseball to talk about. Brian Lazar of Tiger Bait, 920. And then we'll go national to talk to Aaron Fitt of D1 Baseball. A little LSU with him, but also lay it to land nationally. First, though, before we get to LSU baseball, remember the NFL draft is this week and Thursday kicks off our coverage. We'll have three days of wall-to-wall coverage, really better and, and more comprehensive than most of the networks. It all starts Thursday at floor at 4 with the Saints draft preview as Zach Streif and Deuce McAllister. They get Sean Payton, Mickey Loomis, lots of the Saints brass and coaches just hours before the draft begins. Don't miss radio Thursday at 4. And then at 6, game time with Bobby Bear, Mike Dettelier, and Christian Garrick. Joined by Zach a little bit later as the draft unfolds. No Saints pick in that first round, but they'll be covering the draft. And look, you never know. The Saints certainly could move that far up. We know how aggressive they are. Friday, you can join us at Desi Vegas Seafood and Prime Steaks in the heart of Metairie. That's at Heritage Plaza from 4 to midnight. Great new location for Draft Fest Friday. That'll feature Deuce live from Nashville. And he'll call the name of that Saints first pick if it is on Friday. And Saturday, you can join us at Walk-On's Bistro and Bar in Covington for Saints Draft Saturday from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. I had a great time last year doing the show with Steve Court. We'll be doing it again up there. Big time fun. And I hope you can join us. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll tonight at WWL.com and the Radio.com app. Should the Saints trade up in the draft? And cast your vote there. Uh, there was about 50-50 a little bit ago. And we'll keep an eye on that throughout the show. Uh, look, LSU baseball, they had a, a very good weekend after game one. We talked about game one on Thursday, that 16-9 to thrashing at the hand of Florida, a game when LSU was down 13 to nothing at one point. It was one of the worst moments in the pulmonary era at LSU. He looked completely dejected. Most LSU players looked dejected. And fans were openly wondering, and Sports Talk Radio was openly, openly wondering, look, is, is the ball, bottom falling completely out of this for LSU? Or have they reached a point of no return? Now, I said it was too early for that talk when you consider how many injuries that they had had and you consider the late-season success that this team has enjoyed under Palmineri pretty much year after year. It's four straight losses to that point for LSU. Two against Mizzou the previous week, and he also had a loss to the Raging Cajuns in the Wally Pontiff Classic in the middle of the week. You know what happened? All of a sudden, the bats woke up for LSU. They scored 13 runs on Friday in a 13-1 win, and then they score 11 on Saturday in that 11-2 win against Florida. That's 24 runs in a couple of games, and in fact... Look at how the bats woke up that entire series. 33 runs in that series from LSU. They started to rake once again. And they've got to get healthy. 
especially their pitching staff, especially Zach Hess. They've got to have him on Fridays. We told you at the beginning of the season that Zach Hess might not be the perfect fit to be a Friday night starter for LSU or in the SEC, but he was the best that this team had, and he had to be good and consistently good for them to reach the heights that they want. And at the beginning of the year, that was pretty much a College World Series appearance or bust, and there was national championship aspirations around that. Now, none of those have evaporated yet. What is starting to get close to evaporating for LSU baseball is a national seed. There is still time to save that. They have four series left in the SEC. Alabama this week, that's a winnable series. Then you get Ole Miss at home. Then Arkansas at Arkansas, who is one of the best teams in the country and leading the SEC West by one game over LSU. And then he closes it out against a ranked Auburn team at the box. This week remains critical because you're going to face three ranked teams in the final three series in SCC play. I don't know if that 20-win plateau that you kind of look at what LSU would need to get to, 20 wins in the SEC, you'd be 20-10. and 10. That means they go 9-3 and three down the stretch. That's tough. That's really tough. That's one series sweep and then three series where you, you win those series two games to one. That's a tough ask. And LSU's RPI now is out of outside of the 20s. I don't know if a national seed, a top eight national seed, which would mean they would host that super regional should it, uh, they make it that far. Not saying it's not achievable, it's just the odds of that have gone way down with what LSU has done the past few weeks. Just because you don't host that Super Regional doesn't mean you can't make that trip to the College World Series. And there's still time for LSU to make that run. Maybe it's not 20 wins they need to get to. Maybe in this ultra-competitive SEC, you get to 18, 19 wins, you win the SEC West, and you make a run in the SEC tournament, that will be enough. And I'll remind everybody, and, and everybody who's the sky is falling crowd for LSU, they're only one game out of first place in the SEC West. They're only two games behind Georgia for the best record in the SEC. This was always going to be a meat grinder. This was always going to be a conference that will beat you up, chew you up, and spit you out in conference play. Which didn't see the injuries coming. It didn't see the midweek inconsistency coming, not with a roster coming into the season that was so talented. But right now, LSU third place in the SEC West. Half game behind Texas A&M, one game behind Arkansas. You can quickly close the gap there if you win two or three against Alabama. Hopefully for LSU's sake, it's three. Alabama just four and 14 in conference play. Let's take a break. When we come back, I want to talk to Brian Lazar, senior writer covering LSU baseball for TigerBait.com. That comes your way next here on the last lap. LSU baseball, did they save their season with a couple of big bounce-back wins against Florida. That's what we're talking about here. Welcome back to the show. And as promised, Brian Lazar, senior Tiger, uh, senior writer covering Tiger baseball at TigerBait.com, comes on into the program now. Uh, Brian is still celebrating. Everybody's still celebrating the Woodward hire over there. Yeah, everybody is. They're all excited and looking forward to, uh, you know, to the press conference uh, tomorrow, which is uh, open to the public. 
Yeah, it's what an incredible week. We'll get to LSU baseball in just a second. But in the, in the one week, you had, you know, Levis stepping down. You had uh, the reinstatement of Will Wade. Uh, then you had the Woodward hire, and now Will Wade doesn't have to testify. What an incredible week for, for the Tigers, Brian. Uh, had all kinds of things going on. And, uh, you know, you talk about Will Wade and, you know, I, you know, Greg Sankey had a, had a get-together with uh, media members today in Birmingham talking about, you know, the officiating, football officiating. And he was asked a little bit about, uh, you know, the Will Wade situation. And he just said, well, we're just going to watch and see what happens. LSU did what they felt was uh, the right thing to do at this time as regards the uh, reinstatement. We'll just have to wait and see how it progresses in the future. It doesn't sound like the Will Wade situation is over, although – I mean, the SEC is not going to have really any power in this, are they, Brian? Well, no, but, you know, they're they're going to be in, in communication with LSU. I mean, the final decision will be L- LSU's, but uh, uh, I think, look, we just have to, you know, let everything uh, play, play out as regards uh, this whole situation. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's get to LSU baseball. Did they save their season? With that series win against Florida, especially considering how that Thursday game went with them trailing 13 to nothing and Paul Maneri looking like he didn't want to be anywhere near the box at that point? Well, you know, I don't know if we can say they've saved the season yet. You know, they certainly, a series loss to Florida would put them in, in a bad situation. I mean, as it was, you know, some of the teams that they are that they're chasing and Georgia – Arkansas, Vanderbilt, those three teams all swept this week. So even though LSU won two out of three, they lost lost ground to those three teams. And, you know, as you get to this point of the season, everybody's talking about, okay, uh, who can be a regional host? And, and normally the, the situation in the SEC is that, uh, you know, the four best teams host. Some years you may get five, but uh, most of the times – the four best teams, you know, the SEC is going to get four hosts. And so LSU right now is sort of a little bit on the cusp of that, you know, being that fourth team. You know, I really think today, you know, Georgia, Vanderbilt, and Arkansas are definitely the top three teams. And then then I think you have, uh, you know, Mississippi State, LSU, Texas A&M, those three may be the next ones grouped together. And at least LSU beat both Mississippi State and Texas A&M in series, so that helps them. But, look, it's pretty simple. LSU goes on the road this weekend. They go to Alabama. Uh, the Tide, you know, one of the worst teams in the SEC. If LSU is, uh, you know, going to stay right in the thick of being able to be a regional host and obviously they have a chance to win the conference title, you know, they have to win two out of three and more than likely, probably uh, need a sweep this weekend in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, indeed. And a 20-win threshold, that plateau in SEC play that that Paul Maneri's talked about and really sports talk is talked about in the blogs. That doesn't seem like it's – look, anything's achievable. I understand that, the technicality of it. But that would be winning nine games in these four series. And, and Brian, do they really need to get to that 20-win mark to host? I mean, if they they win 18, 19 conference games and then go on a run in a conference tournament, they could still host, right? Yeah, I don't think they have to win 20 to host. I think they would have to win 20 to be a national seed, you know, be one of the top eight national seeds. But I don't think they'd have to get to 20. 
conference wins. Normally, 18 does the trick. You know, if you if you win 18 conference games, you're going to be one of the top four teams. So that's that's the number you're looking at. And uh, you know, still for LSU to get to 18 conference wins, that would mean uh, seven and five over this last month. And uh, look, Alabama is uh, you know the obviously the weakest team of the of the four LSU has remaining. After that, they have Ole Miss, Arkansas, and Auburn, and all three of those teams will definitely be in the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, Arkansas has proven to be one of the better teams in the conference. Brian Lazar, senior writer covering LSU baseball for TigerBait.com, here with us at BL Door on, on Twitter. And the Bats woke up in a big way. 33 runs, Brian, in this series. And Josh Smith, back at the top of the order, he is now hitting over 353 hits on Sunday. And Antoine Duplantis, who'd been slumping when he broke out of that slump with four RBIs on Sunday. Uh, this was that mashing lineup that we kind of thought we'd see all season long. And, and here they are. Yeah, and here, here's, you know, they they picked on a, a pitching staff that that's really struggled this year, particularly on the road. Florida has played nine uh, SEC road games this year. Uh, their record is one and eight. They have given up double-digit runs in all but two. So they have really struggled on the road in the conference and. You know, it was just a matter of time. You know, uh, you know the the Florida pitching staff was certainly something which LSU uh, needed to see, and you know they swung the bats real well. But but the whole key to everything still is starting pitching, because if were not for the fact that you got a good start from Cole Henry on Friday and a good start from Eric Walker from Saturday, that's the reason why LSU was able to win the series. Because look at Look at what happened on, on Thursday night. You no, know, the reverse happened. Florida got off to the good start because LSU got a poor start from the, from Mikhail Hilliard. So the starting pitching set the tone in the second and third games of the series because it wasn't it wasn't LSU got nine runs and sixteen hits on Thursday night and that wasn't good enough because their starting pitcher, you know, didn't do the job. So uh, yes, they swung the bats well. The team batting average for the for the series was 402. That's pretty incredible. But uh, like I, I wrote uh, my analysis piece over the weekend after the series, uh, it, it's the two quality starts from Henry and Walker that was the biggest story of the weekend for the Tigers. Uh, what do we know about some of the, the Tigers who are either coming off injuries or still injured? Zach uh, Watson, we saw Zach Hess for a two and a third in that uh, series finale. Uh, what do we know about some of the injured Tigers? Uh, they, I think Paul Maneri is hoping that Watson, Zach Watson and Chris Reed will be able to play this weekend in, in Tuscaloosa. Uh Brock Mathis, the starting catcher, could have played Sunday or Saturday, but they elected he elected to go with Saul Garza behind the plate. Uh, still not sure about Hal Hughes, but uh, and Hess uh, again. Uh, Paul, when he met with the media today, wasn't ready to say that okay Hess will go back and make a start this weekend against Alabama. So, but it does look like that Zach Watson and Chris Reed. I don't think they're going to play tomorrow night against Lamar, but I think that uh, sounds like they'll be in the lineup Friday against Alabama. 
Of course, the new athletic director is going to be introduced tomorrow, Scott Woodwards. And there's some and maybe many out in Tigerland, you know this, especially on your site, Brian, who have said Paul Maneri should be on the hot seat for the Tigers' struggle this year. And now that there's the new athletic director, do you think that that's true? Do you think his seat is warm at all? Uh, they were the national runner-ups two years ago. <laughs> I don't think that uh, – uh, no, look, did LSU host a regional last year? No. And if LSU would not host a regional again this year, yeah, I think that there would be some people that would that would attract some attention to where he would probably, you know, they'd say, okay, next year, let, let's bounce back and have a good season. But, uh, you know, I don't foresee that right now. Uh, that uh, that Maneri was going to be in any trouble. You know, he, he's got he's got a contract all the way to 2024, and I really think his plans are that at the end of the contract for him to retire. So I don't necessarily think that see him coaching past the 2024 season. Now that being said, that's still still five more years. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, but again, I think we're getting ahead of the head of the boat here, and let's see let's see how this season plays out. Sure, you know, it, you know Florida they won the national championship two years ago. I don't know if they're going to make the NCAA tournament this <laughs> no, year. I'm with you. I'll look for the record. I think the talk of firing Maneri is just silly talk. Brian, we're up against the clock. Always appreciate the chat, though, man. We'll do it again soon. Thanks so much. Enjoyed it. Talk to you later. Thanks. All right. Here's a text from the nine eight five. He, talking about Zach Hess, may very well be the best LSU has, but Hess has always been a better mid-to-late game reliever than a starter. I don't disagree with that at all. In fact, any of that. He's better suited for a relief role or a closer's role. And I think his professional future will be just that. You got to, he's got to be a Friday night starter. And look at the disaster. That, and I like Mikhail here. I'm on record, and we've done a few shows just on how good he is, and at least part of those young LSU Tigers that have come onto the program last couple of years. But Mikhail Hilliard, the, the, the gap between he and Zach Hess as a Friday night starter is just so large. That goes to show you why LSU must have Hess at his best on Friday nights and well into the postseason. Let's take a look at the NHL scoreboard tonight. One game in the books, the Carolina Hurricanes. They stay alive with a 5-2 win over the Caps. That series now goes to a Game 7 and heads back to Washington. Right now, end of the second period, the Dallas Stars trying to close out their series against the Predators. Tied 1-1. Keep an eye on that one. Over in the NBA, the Bucks looking like they're going to close out the Pistons. 120-92. Milwaukee and the Greek Freak getting it done late in the fourth quarter. And just about to tip off in a few moments, it's the Rockets up 3-0 on the Utah Jazz. Rockets 2.5-point favorites tonight. Harden's averaging 36 points a game in that series so far. I suppose no surprise there. A look at our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll. Should the Saints trade up in the draft? 72% of you saying no, they should not. So many assets they've given away the last couple of years. I don't think that's necessarily the wrong answer, but expecting the Saints not to make any moves, I, I, I don't think that maybe you realize the history of this franchise. Remember, they don't have any, not only do they have a first round pick, they don't have a third or a fourth round pick. I would not be surprised at all to see them use some of the picks they have in rounds five and six to move up 
and maybe even move a player. Maybe. I'm not necessarily saying it's going to happen, but they'll be they'll be active. That's one of the reasons I can't wait. I can't wait to watch it. Even though they don't have that first round pick, just, you're going to be wanting to stay tuned and stay tuned to us on Thursday because once they get past you know the first half of that round, you never know what will happen here. If there's a top ten pick that falls all the way down to the mid or late twenties, a pick you had on your board if you're the Saints as a top 10 guy then you would certainly look at moving up we'll have it for you Thursday through Saturday wall-to-wall coverage right here on WWL also tomorrow on Sports Talk with Bobby Deuce and Christian who are the can't miss players this year in the draft and they'll reevaluate the Saints 2018 draft class one that I'm not sure if you've soured on I think the in my personal opinion Jury's still out on that. It depends on how Marcus Davenport continues to develop. Let's go to the phone lines. Derek and Gonzalez, you want to talk NFL draft? Go ahead. Hey, Seth. How you doing tonight? Hey, Derek. I'm good. How about you? I'm good. Um, I don't think, per se, that we should move up in the draft. And, I mean, the reason we're in this position and we don't have any third or fourth rounders because we gave up, you know, moved up last year to get uh, Marcus Davenport, which which I don't for – I mean, I don't, I don't have nothing against the guy personally. I mean, I looked at some of his stuff at San Antonio. I just personally don't think he will be ready to be the man that they're looking for him to be in the next two or three years. I just don't see it. Yeah, well, Derek, I, I have this, I have the same reservations on Marcus Davenport. And I've, I've said that from the beginning of when he's drafted. But just because I have reservations doesn't mean he's not going to be that player. The Saints are still extremely high on him. Now, they might make those statements in public like Mickey Loomis did today. And uh, we'll play that. Uh, Logan, go ahead and find that uh, Mickey Loomis cut on Marcus Davenport. We'll play it here. But it doesn't mean just because I have that opinion that Marcus Davenport's not going to work out. Uh, we still need to see him healthy. He was not very productive late in the season because he had that foot issue. That certainly was a part of it. He was very productive leading into that. Jury's still out, and he's got to produce in year two and year three more than he did in year one. But I think he was, and my own expectations for him, I said around a handful of sacks, rotational player, be a factor, I think would be sufficient in year one. That's kind of what he was, especially before he had that injury. Here's Mickey Loomis on Marcus Davenport. I should be looking for big things from him, especially when he was drafted and where he was drafted in the first round. We'll break when we come back. We'll go national. Aaron Fitt, who covers college baseball for D1Baseball.com, will give us the lay of the land in college baseball. We'll also talk a little Tigers and SEC. That comes your way next here on The Last Lap. A look at our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll right now. Should the Saints trade up in the draft? And the nose still running away with this one. 77% saying no. Quick look at the NBA scoreboard. The Bucks they defeated the Pistons 127-104. to And right now, the Jazz trying to stay alive against the Rockets. 20-15, to they have a lead in the first period. In the NHL, we had one game earlier today complete. The Carolina Hurricanes 5-2 over the Caps. They stay alive in that series. And right now, mid-third period, the Stars and Predators knotted up at one goal apiece. The Stars, with a win, would close out that series. The Predators trying to get it back to Nashville. One more hour of the show to go, and we've got a good one. Paul Maneri will hear from the LSU skipper. He was on Sports Talk earlier. And I talked to Joel Myers. 
Over the weekend, we talk David Griffin and the bright future for the Pelicans. Joel Myers on in at 1032 plus sports lips. Two hours down, one to go. Logan behind the glass. I'm Seth Dunlap, and this is The Last Lap here on WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.